Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart and the heart, the same heart that you are going to hear today, very broken and shattered surrounding some recent events that have happened in Texas. Today's going to be a little bit different than most episodes. Uh, we're going to focus just on this brief topic here. Um, it's you know something I just felt the need to kind of just jump on here and talk with you guys about, talk about some of the current events that are coming out of this, who's speaking on it, what they're saying, uh, all of it. So make sure you stick around for the full thing. Again, I appreciate it so much. Um, don't want to step on this situation too much. So as always, go ahead and subscribe, hit that five-star review button. Uh, that's all I got for now, but I would like to jump into this. So if you don't know, you haven't heard yet, it happened, uh, I guess it was yesterday, today, really, um, Tuesday, May 24th, there was a shooting in Texas uh, by an 18-year-old individual whose name I will not use, I refuse to use, and it ended up, uh, I guess at this point, there's been 18 children who have died as a result and one teacher. We don't have all of the details so far, uh, but we'll go ahead and let's watch this opening clip that discusses what actually happened, who was involved, and uh, in, in the little bit of information that we know at this point. So here we go. This is Eyewitness News with live breaking news. Breaking news, a horrific scene in Texas. A gunman opens fire at an elementary school, killing 14 students and one teacher after he shot and killed his grandmother. Thank you for joining us. I'm Colleen Sullivan. And I'm Ellen Leva. You're watching Eyewitness News at 3 Live on ABC7, Hulu Live, and wherever you stream. And that breaking news, another mass shooting in the United States, this time at an elementary school in a small Texas town. 14 children are dead along with their teacher. Students seen running out of classrooms when the gunfire broke out. Uh, this school massacre happening in Uvalde, Texas. It's a small town of less than 20,000 people. It's about 80 miles west of San Antonio. Eyewitness News reporter Jory Rand is live in the newsroom with more on this breaking story. Jory. Ellen, Colleen, this is another dark day for this nation. We are awaiting a press conference from authorities in Texas that could happen at any minute. But this happened in the small town of Uvalde, Texas. If you haven't heard that name before, it sadly will now be known the same way we now know the city Sandy Hook. An 18-year-old high school student from Uvalde entered Robb Elementary today with a handgun and possibly a rifle as well and shot and killed those 14 students. This school was second to fourth graders, so we're talking six to 10-year-old kids. The gunman also shot and killed a teacher, and the governor of Texas reporting that two law enforcement officers were also shot, though they survived. The shooter also apparently shot and killed his grandmother before heading to the school and uh, carrying out this rampage. The shooter himself was shot and killed. We are still awaiting word whether it was law enforcement that did it or whether the shooter killed himself, but we are told that members of Customs and Border Patrol's elite tactical unit happened to be in the area. They raced to the school and responded to help. One of those officers was one of the two officers to be shot, but again, 14 students dead as well as a teacher. When parents drop their kids off at school, they have every expectation to, be, to know that they're going to be able to pick their child up when that school day ends. And there are families who are in mourning right now 
and the state of Texas is in mourning with them for the reality that these parents are not going to be able to pick up their children. It was just under 10 years ago that a similar shooting took place at Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut. 20 students were killed in that attack, along with six teachers. And in another striking similarity, the shooter in that case shot and killed his mother before carrying out the attack. There were calls for gun control after that shooting. There was a bipartisan effort in Congress to come up with legislation, but in the end, Republicans shot down those efforts, and little to nothing has been done to address this problem in the decades since. There were 60 active shooters at schools in the United States last year alone. Right now, there are families in Texas still holding out hope that the child they cannot locate is simply somewhere else but still alive. There was a reunification center, but for more than a dozen families tonight, their child will not be coming home. We heard one father looking for his 10-year-old daughter, McKenna, ask one of our ABC News reporters where the funeral home was in town because they couldn't find her anywhere else. Authorities are waiting until all families have been notified before releasing details about the victims' names and ages again. We are awaiting that press conference to learn more. Reporting live in the newsroom, Jory Rand, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Get more great ABC7 content by clicking the subscribe button for our YouTube channel and right. download. There's our intro, a little bit more information about this. They say 14. It has now been confirmed at 18, at least from a little bit more updated sources. Uh, I believe that the teacher also has died at this point, as well as potentially one police officer. I, I believe I heard that somewhere, but not confirmed on my end. Uh, but we do know that at least 18 children have lost their lives to this terrible, terrible tragedy. And one that, as they've explained, has been you know, a topic of discussion quite frequently over the last decade or so. And it's quite terrifying. Um, I have children. And as they mentioned, this was second to fifth grade or sixth, second to fourth grade, I believe, which they said was six-year-olds. That's not the case generally in second grade. Uh, second grade is usually going to be seven or eight-year-olds. But the fact remains nonetheless, this is terrifying. This is horrible. This is terrifying. Um, this is a sickening thing for any individual to do. As we saw in multiple cases that Jay just presented there, um, the individual who did so also did not only just do it to the children, they did it to uh, to their own family prior to going out there. Now, from what they had mentioned there, the individual had a handgun, potentially had a rifle from some of the other conversations that we've seen. And according to the sheriff's clip, which we will see next, also had some form of uh, vest that he had on to protect himself from the ensuing chaos he knew he was getting himself into. So, as I was saying, this is horrible. This is terrible. Uh, I think that we saw it there, you know, the, the immediate cries that you'll see in a lot of these situations is to immediately jump to, like, policy decisions. And I, and I think that that's not always the right decision. I think that sometimes terrible things happen, and we have to maybe let the parents, let the school grieve a little bit before we start to look at what these politicians can do to pass legislations that may or may not prevent this thing in the future. Uh, but let's go ahead and watch that sheriff clip. Let's see what he has to say about it. It's a, it's a brief one. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and watch this now. Uh, again, briefly, as of now, we are still working on this active investigation. Uh, once we're able to provide information to the families, we will do so 
first and foremost, obviously. Our priorities is to get information to our families um, and, and give them some information. So please bear with us in regards to that. Secondly, once we do get some information that we can release to the public, we will be doing that. So please know once we do get um, some information, we will share that with you and call another press conference. Um, let me assure you, the intruder is deceased and we are not actively looking for another individual or any other suspects in this case. Uh, we definitely ask you all to keep the family, the families that are involved in your prayers. Thank you so much. Here to provide a statement and not take any questions is our superintendent, Dr. Hal Harrell. Good evening. This was a tragic and senseless event today, and my, my heart was broke today. Our hearts and thoughts and prayers are with all our families as we go through this, this day and days to come. A few announcements that we need to make is beginning tomorrow at 10 a.m., we will have grief counseling and support at the Civic Center for our students, our staff, community members, anybody that needs to come uh, at that time. And we may be there more than one day, may be there several days. Our Rob staff will meet at 8 a.m. At, uh, at the Civic Center as well. We'll begin with visiting with them and uh, seeing what those needs are. School will be closed. We, the school year's done. Uh, we'll have no school tomorrow or Thursday. All activities are canceled throughout the district. Uh, no graduation is on people's mind. We will come out with a, a notice on that at a later time. All the staff members, do, they will report to their campuses, uh, other than Rob Campus, which will come to the, uh, the Civic Center. Again, my heart was broken today. We're a small community, and we will need your prayers to get us through this. Thank you. Again, this is a tragic event in our community. We are very sorry that we cannot provide you more information but greatly appreciate your patience and understanding during this very difficult time. We ask that you pray for all of the families affected. Thank you, and be safe. Okay. So there's the direct sheriff's uh, statement on it. Also, the superintendent of the school spoke on it. One thing that I'm happy to hear is that this sick, disgusting, human garbage is dead although i don't think that's you know full justice in this situation i mean what type of coward what type of coward do you have to be to not only shoot your own grandmother but then to go find a bunch of defenseless children to take out your whatever is going on in your head like geez what what in the world like what 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 do you have to be going through to to even consider this type of thing i mean what type of sickness do you have to have in your head and and there's some clips out there that i was watching i don't know if i have them on here i don't believe i do but it was a part of tucker carlson's uh clips which i have a brief portion of that we're not going to watch the full thing of but it also goes into an interview with his classmates whose classmate was seen is <laughs> where he was kind of a, a a funny character but um he was uh basically just saying that, you know, this guy didn't raise any flags to him. He was in class with him two years ago in gym and he wasn't sketchy, quote unquote. And you just never know, right? You never know what somebody's going through. You never know what somebody's capable of. And I think that's, you know, a better case for 
being able to defend yourself in these types of situations, not saying that there's anything that really anybody could have done here to prevent this. But I think, you know, what we're going to see when we watch these clips that are coming up is the immediate, you know, immediate emotional, not even emotional, I guess emotionless reactions by our leadership in this country and trying to use this platform to ask for policy changes that they've tried to push over and over and over again about gun control. And, you know, speaking of what, what type of coward does it take to, to do these things? What type of coward does it take to try to take advantage of these situations, right? Like if, if you're the, the, the president of the United States and this happens in your country, if you're that superintendent, gosh, I don't know how he even stands up there and, and completes a full sentence. I, I, you know, see the principal of my daughter's school's every day when I walk in and I couldn't imagine and, and he sees the faces of our children every day. Now the superintendent is a little bit more removed from that, but gosh, what a horrible situation in general and, and, and how terrible uh, it must feel to be anybody involved in this school, anybody, and, and a student who saw it, heard it, uh, a teacher or a parent who, who was, you know, actively a, a part of this, um, situation, you know, that, that even has to have an, an ex a conversation with their children tonight who were close to this and, and heard these sounds. And I got an email from my, my child's teacher who came out and said that, you know, this is a horrific situation and she's so sad to hear these things. And, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, we need to have a conversation with our kids. Now, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I, I don't know if we need to, what is that going to do? If you have a, a child who was in this grade and it was, you know, a seven, eight, nine-year-old, them being afraid of the world and afraid of going to school in this in this type of scenario, how many schools are out there where this doesn't ever happen? And in what percentage likelihood is it to happen? And in what mass horrific reality or or what a massive like horrific uh, conversation if every parent had this conversation with their children? at that age, I, I just don't think it's very appropriate, but, um, yeah, this is, this is tough, man. This is, this is so sad. And to know that there's so many parents out there tonight who just won't be tucking in their, uh, you know, their child, their baby, who they raised and, and who they love. And that's so sad. And so, uh, let's, let's go ahead and see here. This is, there's some, you know, deeper seated problems that we'll see. And, you know, there, there was the, the saying goes, never let a great tragedy go without, you know, what is it? Taking advantage of a great tragedy. There's some quote around politics. I'm, I can't exactly pull it right now in the, in the frame of mind after hearing about this, you know, an hour or two ago, but, um, you know, taking advantage of these tragedies is exactly what we see our poor leadership do in this situation. And it's horrible. There's no reason for it. You know, the, the, let the parents grieve. Stop trying to push policies in the, in the midst of tragedy for the sake of, you know, it, it's like if you were a life insurance agent and, you know, which, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But if you were a life insurance agent, let's take that example. And these kids died. And all of a sudden you're running advertisements towards parents saying, hey, get life insurance on your child. Do they, they're going to die just like these children did potentially. Right, we need to prevent you from being in hardship if this happens, or whatever it is that you can insert there. It's gross. 
It's disgusting. Any business that would take advantage of this to try and push their profits, which is exactly what their political profits are that they're trying to push. Our leadership here is trying to push a political profit. They're trying to profit off of this in some way, shape, or form, right? And, and in this case, it's in the way, shape, or form of control, right? And they want a useless platform. They want to immediately jump to the idea that we should be banning guns and we should be banning uh, assault rifles and, you know, whatever it is. Um, we're going to see that here. And, and, and to me, it's just gross. Any industry that would utilize this platform to try to profit in any way, shape, or form, whether it's attention, whether it's uh, direct profits, like a, the life insurance example, whether it's uh, political uh, profits, whether it's attention profits, you know, there's so many different ways to profit. And in this situation, our political leadership is trying to profit off of this situation by immediately jumping to specific policy changes and, and, and calling for them. So we'll see that here. Let's go ahead and watch Kamala Harris give her speech. Then we'll jump to Biden's speech. Then we'll jump to what uh, Tucker Carlson had to say, which he basically um, called them out prior to them even having these conversations, knowing they were going to utilize this platform for their political profit. Uh, so here is Kamala Harris. We need to go now to Washington. We understand Vice President Harris plans to address the shooting, the tragedy in Uvalde at Robb Elementary School. Let's go ahead and listen to what she has to say. Please sit, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. What, a, what an incredible room. And um, Judy Chu, thank you for that introduction and for your leadership on so many levels. Um, tonight's a rough night. Um, we planned for a great celebration, but I'm sure most of you have heard the tragic news um, about what has happened in Texas. So I had prepared comments about tonight, which I will speak, but I just first want to begin by saying a few words about the tragedy that occurred today um, in Uvalde, Texas. Um, as many of you know, the reports are that uh, it was a mass shooting at an elementary school. And um, the preliminary reports are that 14 children have been killed. Um, and the details are still coming in. And of course, the president and I are monitoring the situation closely. So while we don't know all the details yet, uh, we do know that there are parents who have lost children, um, families that have lost children, and their loved ones, of course, and many others who may have been injured. So. I would normally say in a moment like this, we would all say naturally that our hearts break, but our hearts keep getting broken. You know, I think so many, there's so many elected leaders in this room, you know what I'm talking about. Every time a, a tragedy like this happens, our hearts break. And our broken hearts are nothing compared to the broken hearts of those families. And yet it keeps happening. So I think we all know and have said many times with each other, enough is enough. Enough is enough. As a nation, we have to have the courage to take action and understand the nexus between what makes for reasonable and sensible public policy to ensure something like this never happens 
again. So the president will speak more about this later. Um, but for now, I will just say to the people of Uvalde, uh, please know that this is a room full of leaders who grieve with you. And we are praying for you, and we stand with you. And it is difficult at a time like this to think about much else, but I do look around this room, and I know who is here, and I know this is a room full of American leaders who know and have the courage to take a stand. And so let us tonight, as we do every time we all get together, recommit ourselves to having the courage to take action. And so that does bring me to the leaders who are in this room and the leaders of APAX. And again, I want to thank Chairwoman Judy Chu for that kind introduction. As a former member of KPAC, um, I had the opportunity to see her leadership firsthand, and she is truly a national leader who lifts up the people of our country. And of course, I'm honored tonight to be with Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, APAC's board chair, Susan Jen Davis, and all of the federal, state, and local elected officials who are here. Okay, that's enough. So you get the idea. The percentage of time that she talked about the grieving of these parents and what actually happened in this situation was so minor compared to the, the time frame that she spoke about. Here's what you know we need to do is enact policy changes and you know we all have the power. No, you don't. You do not have the power to stop this. No laws that you pass would stop this. There was a guy, fuck, how long ago? Months, a year, whatever it was, who ran over an entire group of people with a car. Are you going to ban cars? It makes no sense. You go to the UK where the, the, the access to guns is way lower. There's just higher stabbing rates. These things happen. They have happened. They're going to continue to happen regardless of whatever policies that you enact, regardless of whatever ego comes into your way. And this ego is probably even being generous. Because I don't think it's ego for her to sit there and think that we need to enact these massive bans, right? And she did not really say it, but we're going to watch the Joe Biden clip and he comes out and says it. It's, it's crazy to me that these people who are in these positions of power cannot even, cannot even stand in front of a group of people and, and knowing there's 13... Eight, well, 18 parents out there today who are wanting to listen to a voice of reason in a position of power and, and hear something, at least just grieve with them. Don't stand on their backs and, and push politics, push political agendas that you know, you've been pushing for a while now. And, and, and know what law that you're going to pass is going to stop this. Look at Chicago, look at L.A., look at wherever the largest percentage of murders are, are where there's the most strict gun laws in the country. And you know this, Kamala Harris. You know this, Joe Biden. You know that the only thing that you are going after while you're standing on the backs of these parents who are grieving over their children 
Is the political agenda on your mind for control? To control the people, to take away any, any potential response they would ever have to totalitarianism, and, and you step on their backs in the, in the worst moment you could ever possibly imagine and use their backs as a stepping stool to push your political agenda. You sick, gross people. How disgusting is that? Give it a, give it a fucking day at least. Maybe come out and say, I cannot imagine... Like, all right, here's my thing. Here's here off the cuff. Here's what I would say to these parents. I cannot imagine being in your position. I cannot imagine the, the, the hardship and heartache that you must be going through today. And I hope that you never, that, that I never do have to be able to feel the difficulties that you're going through right now. And there's nothing that I can say, and there's nothing that I can do to take that away from you. But I want you to know that there is a country of hundreds of millions of people who feel your grief with you today and are, are share the, the unbelievable heartbreak that you have and many children who will go to sleep tonight without their friends tomorrow and brothers and sisters who will wake up without, without their siblings. And we are so horrifically sad right alongside of you. And there's nothing we can do there's nothing we can say to make you feel better, but I want you to know that we are here for you, that we will do whatever we can to be there for you, and that over the next few weeks, we will be reaching out individually to speak with every one of you to let you know that your politicians, that your president and your vice president care deeply, deeply about you, about your family, and about your children. That's what leadership says. Not, hey, did you guys hear about Texas? Yeah, well, there's some there's this many children who died. Here's how here's what I can do to prevent this in the future. And you all decided that you didn't want to pass these laws are the reason this happened. No. That's disgusting. That's gross. Shut your mouth. Grieve with these parents. Or just shut up and let it, like, they don't need to hear you pushing political agendas right now. And you definitely don't need to be, like, wagging your little gross finger, Kamala, at the individuals who, who didn't pass your massive gun bans. Because if anything, there's pre more preventions of mass shootings as a result of access to weapons than there is these one-off little situations that we're seeing here that are, 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 again, horrific, and you can't speak to the magnitude of agony that these parents must be going through. But the last thing you should be doing is pushing your political agenda for 60% of the conversation, while 10% of it goes out to, our hearts are with you, but we need to do this. You guys are wrong for not passing this. And I am right because I could have prevented this if you did what I said. And so let's hear what Biden has to say. And it's quite similar, but I haven't heard the whole thing. So we'll listen together.
Good evening, fellow Americans. I had hoped when I became president I would not have to do this again. Another massacre, Uvalde, Texas, an elementary school, beautiful, innocent, second, third, fourth graders. <clears throat> and how many scores of little children who witnessed what happened see their friends die as if they're on a battlefield, for God's sake? They'll live with it the rest of their lives. There's a lot we don't know yet. But there's a lot we do know. The parents who will never see their child again, never have them jump in bed and cuddle with them. <clears throat> parents who will never be the same. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. There's a hollowness in your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it and never going to be able to get out, suffocating. And it's never quite the same. <clears throat> it's a feeling shared by the siblings and the grandparents and the family members and the community that's left behind. Scripture says, Jill and I have talked about this in different contexts, in other contexts. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So many crushed spirits. <clears throat> so tonight, I ask the nation to pray for them, to give the parents and siblings the strength in the darkness they feel right now. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? It's been 3,448 3, days, 10 years, since I stood up at a high school in Connecticut, a grade school in Connecticut, where another gunman ma massacred 26 people, including 20 first graders at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Since then, there have been over 900 incidents of gunfires reported on school grounds. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Santa Fe High School in Texas. Oxford High School in Michigan. The list goes on and on, and the list grows when it includes mass shootings at places like movie theaters, houses of worship, as we saw just 10 days ago at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common-sense gun laws. We can and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings 
tripled. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons is just wrong. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. It's just sick. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. The first of which being, schools are a gun-free zone, Joe. It's illegal to have a weapon on school grounds. It's literally one of the only mass-protected areas that you can go to that is illegal to carry a weapon on. Didn't stop him, did it. It's, it's crazy. And then he goes on to say, deer aren't walking around with Kevlar vests. What a gross usage of, of, ugh, how disgusting is that your statement? There's 18 parents out there right now who are grieving the loss of their children, who are in deeper agony than you were ever in with Bo, who ended, whose children's lives were ended in such horrific fashions. And you're talking about deer walking through a forest in a Kevlar vest? How disgusting. How gross. Right? And everybody wants to get in this conversation like, oh, everybody was saying with abortion. How, oh, if you ban abortion, people are just going to do it illegally. Might as well make it healthy and safe. Where's that conversation when it comes to guns? you're going to ban assault weapons, you're going to ban assault rifles, people are just going to do it illegally, right? The people who are going to do these types of things are absolutely going to find a way. It's a sickness. It's a, a, a sickness in your head to even have the capacity to do these things, to even fathom shooting your grandma and then going on a, and then, then fucking driving to an elementary school and shooting 18 children. That is not a gun problem. That is a mental health problem. That is a sickness in your brain that, that most people cannot even fathom the, 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 ugh, the, the, how horrible of a person you must be to potentially even do that. There's, there's something missing in your head. There's a switch that, that what that was flipped that no other person can fathom going through and whether it's a gun it's a knife it's a truck like we saw months ago or a year ago they're going to find a way and so let's address the root cause it's not the guns it's not the gun lobbying manufacturers in this case it's the sickness it's that it's the the, the switch in your head that allows you to do such horrific things and what we'll see Statistically, and almost like I think it's eighty percent or, or larger. It may even be higher than that. Are on some type of SSRI, some type of antidepressive medication, something that's messing with your nervous system. That there, there's a humanistic aspect that does not allow you to do these horrific things. 
and, and to completely eliminate the conversation of, of that being gone in these individuals and, 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 and to diminish that conversation down to a gun issue or a, a, a specific type of gun nonetheless or the fact that you there's no deer in Kevlar vests walking across the forest. You, you fucking idiot. How disgusting, how gross for you to use this as your platform to push gun reform restriction laws. Right? Because we all know what that leads to. Go to go to Brazil. Go to I don't know if there's gun bans in Brazil, but I'm assuming it's probably crazier than he, go to go to any of these countries and, and find find me the, the statistics that back up the fact that if you mass uh, take away, you know, you know who did that? You know who do you know who took away guns first was Adolf Hitler was Stalin, was Lenin. All of these people didn't allow their people to have that because that's the only form of control. And no, nobody's using an, a, it has an AR-15 for the purpose of going and shooting a deer. You're so stupid that you don't even know how hunting works. Nobody's shooting a deer with an AR-15. So to be that removed, and, and not even that removed, he knows what he's doing. He's not playing on the individuals that actually know about how guns work or how hunting works even. He's playing on the emotional strings of individuals who are uninformed surrounding this topic. No, nobody buys an AR-15 to shoot a deer. People buy an AR-15 to protect their household, to protect their family, and in many cases to protect their family from the opportunity of being taken over by a totalitarian government. The same reason all of your soldiers carry an AR-15 or an M-16. The same reason. It's to protect yourself. And then to say that an 18-year-old shouldn't be able to walk into a gun shop and buy a gun. You're recruiting the same 18-year-olds to go fight your wars in probably Ukraine coming up soon. So we saw him say in the, the conversation he had on the border in Poland. So you're going to allow them to carry it because they fight your wars, huh, Joe? Because you get to profit off of the backs of their blood. They're not going to take their M16s into a forest to shoot a deer in Kevlar vests, you dumbass. That's not what an AR-15 is for. AR-15 is a war gun. It is a self-protection, personal protective equipment. And literally, it's a pistol with a buttstock, a longer barrel, and an extended magazine in some cases. In the same type of magazine you can get for any gun. Right now, I can go get my Glock and get a 30-round magazine for my Glock, just like what's in my AR-15. It doesn't change a thing. But you're just trying to play on the emotional strings of families who are grieving to push your political agendas. Let's watch a little bit more of this, if I can stand it. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a son, for God's sake. It's just sick. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. 
Here's what else I know. Most Americans support common sense laws, common sense gun laws. I just got off a trip from Asia meeting with Asian leaders. And I learned of this while I was on the aircraft. And what struck me on that 17-hour flight, what struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? Oh, now so you want to stand up to, turn to the this lobbies. Pain into action for every parent. For every citizen in this country, we have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it's time to act. It's time for those who obstruct or delay or block the common sense gun laws. We need to let you know that we will not forget. We can do so much more. We have to do more. Our prayer tonight is those parents lying in bed and trying to figure out, will I be able to sleep again? What do I say to my other children? What happens tomorrow? May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. And may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit because they're going to need a lot of help and a lot of our prayers. Okay. First of all, I don't know how many times I've heard Joe Biden mention God or the Bible references. Um, interesting that that comes up now, but I won't critique it. It makes sense. However, what I will critique is the fact that two minutes and forty-seven or two minutes and forty seconds of this clip was devoted to speaking to the parents, was devoted to talking about grief, was devoted to mentioning the topic even. That was a seven-minute clip. The other five minutes of Joe Biden's speech was dedicated completely to policy reforms that he's been pushing for years surrounding gun control. How, dis how gross. I'll say that over and over again. It's, it's just, it's sickening to me that this is the conversation that we're having today. And, and it's obviously easily called out by others because here is Tucker Carlson mentioning the fact that this is exactly what they were going to do. Prior to the, either of these speeches coming out, he knew this. And here's a clip of Tucker Carlson discussing it. Oh, that if the president uses the deaths of children to try to make himself more powerful. He really is a loathsome man unworthy of leading this country, but he may not. He may rise above it and try to unite this country, in which case he will get praise from us and from every American. Some are not doing that, however. Some have gone lower than you even imagined. A congressman called Ruben Gallego just tweeted this, quote, just to be clear, F you, Ted Cruz, you effing baby killer. 
Can you imagine? What do we think of Ted Cruz? He did not shoot anybody. It's a horrible thing to say. Nancy Pelosi released a, statement, re released a statement saying this, quote, it is time for all in Congress to heed the will of the American people and join in enacting the House passed bipartisan common sense life-saving legislation into law. Of course, they jump at any opportunity, including the deaths of children, to make partisan points. And then a character called Juliet Kayem, a former Obama administration official at DHS, said the shooting is proof we need to get rid of immigration laws. She said that on CNN just a few hours ago. From an investigation standpoint, I'm going to do what the facts uh, tell me now. So I've got demographics, first of all, in 80 percent Hispanic school districts. So the most important thing for the federal government to do right now is to say there will be no immigration enforcement during this period in that er area. It, is, it has a large immigration population. You want parents with their kids. You don't want people hiding right now. And we need to make that clear ASAP because what? of the political issues in Texas. So a normal person, a decent person, stands in reverence and awe and deep sadness before a tragedy like this. A filthy person jumps in to figure out, how can this make me more powerful? That's what you just heard. Judge Janine Pirro is the co-host of The Five. She joins us tonight. Judge, thanks so much for coming on. Um, you really do learn about people in the immediate aftermath of something like this, don't you? Well, you know, what you just saw is really the epitome of the politicization of a tragedy. Some people are so ideologically rigid that they will use anything, anything to bootstrap their political ideology, in this case, you know, to basically open the borders. And that is a sad, disgusting commentary when the thing that. OK, that's enough of that. But you get the point. How dare you? How dare you? Like I said, stand on the backs of these grieving parents and, and devote 80% of your speech on this topic to policy, uh, political agenda reform, including immigration. What, what clown world do you live in where that's an appropriate conversation surrounding what just happened? Now, I'm not even going to get into at this point. Some of the deeper, you know, rabbit holes that you can when these situations arise. But if you're in that zone, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure these these things obviously happen. And this obviously is a horrific event. I don't know. I won't even get into it. But in this case, it's, it's so sad. It's so horrible. And, and to see our politicians, our, not even our politicians, our president and our vice president, just rubbing, rubbing the nation's nose and, and, and specifically calling out Ted Cruz, calling him a, a baby murderer for what? Not pushing your totalitarian gun laws. You know, the, 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 the fundamental uh, constitutional rights that we were given. It's all gross. It's all disgusting. And it, it, this whole thing makes me sad. It makes me sad to see our, our leadership's response to it. It makes me, like I said, just, just disgusted by the, by the approach that they took on this. Two, and, two minutes and 40 seconds he devoted to the conversation surrounding what happened and his grieving for the parents. And then the other five minutes were devoted to deer wearing Kevlar vests in a forest. I don't know. I don't have much more to say about this at this point. I just wanted to get that out there with you guys. It's a sad day. Um, just a, it's a horrific day. 
And my heart goes out to any of the parents who are dealing with this tragedy, any of the parents and children who are a part of that school district. Uh, there's a lot of difficult conversations and difficult times to come. And uh, yeah, it's horrible. So that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, I hope you and your family are safe. Um, please uh, subscribe. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast. Well, I guess enjoyed is probably the wrong word to use in this situation. But, uh, you know, if you kind of um, like seeing conversations surrounding the actual topics as opposed to pushing political agendas, maybe that's worth it for you guys. But um, other than that, that's all I got for you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. If you are still sticking around at this point, you can go to our new website, redpillrevolution.co.coms for losers. You recall some of the original episodes, redpillrevolution.co. Um, and you can actually go on there and run a free life insurance quote for yourself. Um, that's how I support the show. That's how I support this podcast. Head over there right now, redpillrevolution.co. Um, and you can get a free life insurance quote for you and your family. Uh, again, I think it's gross to use any type of topics like this to push any type of thing like this. So not even going to mention any of it. Uh, but if you need a quote for your family, you're looking for 100% online quotes. You don't have to talk to people. Most of the time, you'll get a bunch of calls from a bunch of different agents. Um, and I save you that hassle. It's all online. You can go there right now and run a free quote for myself. It was $63 for a $2 million term life policy. Um, what I usually recommend is a 15-year life uh, term life policy at 15 times your annual income for your household. So um, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you so much and welcome to the revolution.